This podcast is a production of Journey, a church community inspiring people to live big. For more information, please visit cincyjourney.org. Good morning. My name is Joe Merrick. I'm the lead pastor here at Journey, and man, we are thrilled that you are here with us today. We want to say thank you for being here, especially this morning if you are new. Uh, we thank you for being here. We want to encourage everybody to reach into the seat back in front of them, and there you're going to find one of these Connect cards. Uh, the Connect card is a great way for you just to let us know that you are here, uh, share prayer requests, um, decisions that you've made, especially though if you are new, if you put your information on there, we would love to send you a gift in the mail this week just to say thank you for being here. One other thing before we kind of jump in today, for all of those of you who participated in our uh, back-to-school drive to uh, collect um, school supplies and backpacks for uh, needy children in our area, uh, we want to say thank you. We had a great, great turnout. Uh, Lots of you jumped in in that area. The gym right now with our partnership with Reach Out Lakota is absolutely filled with backpacks. They are everywhere in This coming Saturday, kids are going to come here to this place and uh, receive those backpacks uh, and kind of get some a good start to the school year. And so we want to say thank you uh, for participating with that. It's just a great way for us to partner with our community and to make a difference, uh, to look outside ourselves, which is exactly what God calls us to do and serve some people in need. So again, thank you. Uh, for participating in that. All right, well, with that shared today, let me pray and then we'll jump in. Dear God, this morning we have sung of all that you can do, your power and your strength and your glory. And my prayer right now as we open up these scriptures, as we begin to dive into your word My prayer is that you stir in us right here in this moment. God, my prayer is that we open our hearts to what you have to teach us, God, because I believe you have something to teach every single one of us today. In your name we pray, amen. All right, well, welcome to week number six of our Wanderer series. Uh, and this, uh, in the summer, one of the things we like to do is we like to kind of take a deep dive into a, a larger section of Scripture. We've done a variety of things in the past. We've looked at the top 50 stories of the Old Testament, the top 50 stories of the New Testament. We've looked at kind of uh, the book of Acts and how the church grew. We've taken uh, character studies, and we've dove into those in the summer. And this summer, what we're doing is we're looking at a chapter of the Old Testament Honestly, a chapter of the Old Testament we don't oftentimes don't give a lot of attention to the book of Numbers. And the book of Numbers tells the story of the people of Israel moving from enslavement to Pharaoh to the promised land. And as we've been discovering uh, this summer, it's a journey they actually take twice. They come up to the edge of the promised land twice. The first trip takes two years, and they get up to the edge about three-fourths of the way there, and they begin to doubt. 
They begin to doubt that God can really do what he says he's going to do for them and deliver this great land to them because the people there are so strong and there's so many and they're so well fortified. And God's disappointed with their doubt. And so he turns the people around in the hopes that they're going to learn something, in the hopes that they're going to grow their faith. And so they wander the desert. They wander the desert for 38 years. So for kind of 40 years total, the people of Israel wander on this journey from enslavement and just, uh, just a terrible kind of situation to this great land that has been promised to their forefathers. This land that would be theirs and would be good for them. This kind of long journey. And uh, like last week, uh, this week, we're kind of, we're narrowing down on kind of the end of the journey, the last part of the 40 years. And so kind of the second time they've come up to the edge of the promised land, and we're kind of getting some stories from this time period. And today's story is about the links God will go to, the links God will go to, to communicate with his people who can be stubborn and hard of hearing. Before we do that, though, today I want to read uh, just one passage from Psalms 118, verse 24. It's a familiar one. This, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And I wanted to read that verse for us today. I wanted to read that verse for us because it it reminds us that God is still in the creating business. He's still in the business of doing new things, teaching us new things. In other words, that verse tells us God made today. God made today and God made things for us to learn today. So many times. So many times we think of God just moving and teaching in the past. This verse reminds us that God creates and moves now, today. He has things he wants us to learn here and now. And not just because it's Sunday and we're at church. But God is constantly trying to teach us. Teach us how to be faithful to him. Uh, Frederick Buckner has a quote kind of right in that uh, area there, talking just about that. He says this, God is right there in the thick of our day-by-day lives with us constantly, trying to get messages through, trying to get messages through our blindness as we move around down here knee-deep in the fragrant muck and misery and marvel of the world. What that quote is kind of, uh, what it's trying to teach us here, what it's, uh, what it's telling us is whether we're in tragedy or we're in triumph, God has something he wants to teach us day by day, moment by moment. But sometimes, sometimes it's hard for us to learn those lessons, just like it was hard for Israel to learn those lessons in the desert. Because we're so focused. 
So focused on what comes next, so focused on our next goal, the next thing that we want to achieve. Our schedule is so full, we can't imagine taking time to just stop and be and wonder what God might be trying to teach us right What God might be trying to teach us in this particular moment of life. Sometimes we're so head down, so focused on what's happening next, on our schedule, on our agenda, on the things that we want to happen, that we run into a brick wall. We run into some kind of brick wall, some kind of big event, and all of a sudden, life stops. Maybe it's a divorce or a marriage. Maybe it's a death of a loved one or the birth of a new child. But what is clear is after this moment, nothing is quite the same. Sometimes, sometimes even in those big moments, Those big brick wall moments, we get so focused on what happens next. We try and skip right by the lesson God is trying to teach us. That's what happens in our story today. A prophet named Balaam is headed down the wrong path toward unseen danger. so focused on what comes next, he tries to force his way forward. But God stops him. Today we're going to look at Numbers chapter 22. If you're going to get out your Bible and follow along, or if you want to get out a smart device and follow along, Numbers chapter 22. As you're finding your way there, let me give you just some background to what's happening here. As we know, Israel is coming close to kind of the end of their journey. They're uh, coming close to the end of their second journey, right up on the edge of the promised land. They're camped out on the plains of Moab. And one of the key characters in this story is the king of Moab, Balak. And he's nervous because the people of Israel are on his lands. And the people of Israel have just defeated the Amorites. They've just defeated the Amorites in battle. And so this is what Balak, the king of Moab, does. He finds a prophet, a prophet named Balaam. And he offers to pay him this this incredible sum, this incredible sum of money to curse the people of Israel. That's where we pick up our story today. In Numbers chapter 22, verse 20 is where we're going to start. That night, God came to to Balaam and said, Since these men have come to summon you, go with them, but do only what I tell you. For a little context here, a little more context, Balaam, earlier in the chapter, he asked uh, if he could go with this delegation that kind of made this big offering to him. He's tempted by this large kind of sum of money he's been offered. He's thinking, this is a chance to get ahead. We don't get all the details here, but according to Jewish tradition, Balaam had this desire to go, and and it indicates his eagerness to curse Israel for his 
own gain. So Balaam has a heart problem right here in the beginning. A heart problem, an attitude problem that's going to become significant here in just a moment. Verse 21. Balaam got up in the morning and he saddled his donkey and he went with the princes of Moab. But God was very angry when he went and the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. And Balaam was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, she turned off the road into a field. And Balaam beat her to get her back onto the road. And then the angel of the Lord stood in the narrow path between two vineyard walls on both sides. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pressed close to the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it. And so he beat her again. And then the angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn either to the right or to the left. And when the donkey of the Lord, or I'm sorry, when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam and he was angry and he beat her with his staff. Then verse 28, then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth and she said to Balaam, what have I done to you to make you beat me these three times? Balaam answered the donkey, you have made me a fool. If I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. The donkey said to Balaam, am I not your own donkey, which you've always ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? No, he said. Let's call this what it is, right? Unusual. Some strange things are happening in this text. Number one, the first is that that God seems to give Balaam permission to go, but then he changes his mind and he goes through these extreme lengths to stop him. We don't get all the details here, but again, many believe this has to do with Balaam's heart, with his attitude. Second thing is we got a talking donkey. It's always kind of a strange thing, something we're not used to seeing, but Balaam seems to take it in stride here. He just kind of continues on with the conversation. He's not taken back. And one of the things that you're going to notice, if you, if you can just take a step back from kind of some of the strangeness happening here, is that um, the donkey in the conversation is the rational one, right? Do you see what happens there? He says, why are you beating me? I've been your donkey for many years. Here comes some logic. Have I ever done this to you before? Balaam at this point, he's almost pouting. Knowing his emotions have kind of got the best of him. He's been outwitted by this donkey. No. Guess you haven't done this to me before. One of the things that, uh, that I think this kind of draws out here is Balaam in this region. He's the most respected prophet. That's why this king is, is willing to pay so much money to have him come and curse the people of Israel. And God here says in this scenario, he's dumber than a donkey. Dumber than the donkey, and God just is communicating clearly. He can use anyone to do his work. God can use anyone to use, use anyone to do 
his work. Picking up again in verse 31. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn, and so he bowed low and he fell face down. And the angel of the Lord asked him, Why have you beaten your donkey these three times? I have come here to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before me. And the donkey saw me and he turned away from these three times. And if she had not turned away, I would certainly have killed you by now. But I would have spared her. And Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I did not realize you were standing in the road to oppose me. Now, if you are displeased, I will go back. And the angel of the Lord said to Balaam, Go with the men, but speak only what I tell you. And so Balaam went with the princes of Balak. Now, anytime a donkey speaks, it's a miracle, right? It's a miracle. It's obvious, but... It's not the only miracle in this story. There's another miracle in the story, and that is that God cares enough for Balaam to get in his way. To stop him, to get in his way. Just put that picture in your mind this morning. This morning, Balaam is pulling and yelling, and he's hitting the donkey. He's so desperate to move forward, so desperate to go on his path. He doesn't realize he's moving towards his own destruction. He misses it. God, again, turns our world upside down. He turns it upside down, and In a world where people, a society where we're so focused on where we're going, on on how we're going to get there, on what we achieve, how quickly we do it, despite the cost, acting a lot like Balaam in the story, right? And yet God seems way more concerned with who we are becoming along the way rather than how far we get. Turning our world upside down. Sometimes, sometimes God stops us, diverts us, reroutes us. And those moments can be so frustrating. Those moments that can be so aggravating, we don't understand why or how. We have to remember his ability to see the path clearer than we can see it. His ability to see further down the line than we can see. His ability to see how we are moving towards our own destruction when we miss it completely. We have to trust that he has good plans for us. Sometimes, God stops us in our tracks. Revelation 3.8 talks about the doors uh, that God opens for us. 
talks about how even when we're tired and weary, God opens doors for us. And it's, it's one of those places that we should be going to again and again, kind of as faithful followers of God, continually asking God to open doors, praying for God to open doors before us. Revelation uh, talks about that. And this incredible way to kind of live out our faith, this exciting way to live out our faith, looking for these doors being opened before us by God. Sometimes just cracked open, sometimes they're wide open. But living our our faith and our life in such a way that we're constantly on the lookout for those. But when we're praying for open doors, we shouldn't be surprised when God closes a few doors too. Sometimes it's the closed doors. Something we wanted so desperately, so deeply, it gives us a moment, causes us to open our eyes to look for something that God is doing somewhere else. Something that God wants for us more. Let's talk about some ways we can make these verses translate into our lives this week. I've got a couple for us. The first is the simplest. That is, if you know you were reading this story and you said, This is kind of strange, I don't get this, but I, I see. I see some ways in which my life kind of lines up to Balaam's. I don't have a talking uh, cat or dog, but I see how it can be pretty driven. I see how it can be pretty driven and focused on what's next, and I see how I've pushed my way forward when God's tried to stop me before. I haven't paid very good attention to that. Maybe... This week, if you just sense God speaking to you about that or something else, maybe the challenge, the first one, is just to come back. As we continue this series, just come back and let God work in you again. Next challenge is something like this. How good are you doing? looking for those open doors in life. In the last week, have you thought about that, prayed about that? Is that a posture you could say that is is really, truly of your heart? This thing that you're looking for uh, opportunities for God to open up a door before you? If I asked you to score yourself on one to five in the last just couple months, do very well. Yes, looking for open doors. It's something that we're really good at when we're younger. Something we're really good at when we're kind of not settled yet. We're trying to figure out life and we're saying, God, open a door for me. I don't know where it is. Just, just open it somewhere. And somewhere along, we just stop. But the scriptures in in Revelation and other places where we get encouraged to to pray for God, for direction, for open doors, it doesn't say anything about, hey, uh, pray for some open doors till you graduate college, till you get a job, 
to start some career, to have a couple of kids and things kind of settle down, then you can just stop. Praying for, for open doors, for God uh, to, to look for those, to, to see those, whether they're just doors that are cracked open, they're doors that are wide open for us, is something that should be on our hearts every day. Every day. It should be one of those things we've just kind of conditioned ourselves to do. God, this morning, God, this week, help me to see those doors that I might be missing that you are opening for me. Help me to be obedient, not like Balaam here, when you're closing the door. Help me to recognize and see that. so many times that requires just sometimes something small from us walking across a room saying hello shaking a hand uh, saying uh, yes to something that we'd normally say no to putting down that phone or that tv remote and picking up the bible those small promptings god gives us daily that are just cracked open doors that give an opportunity for him to work in our heart and our life in new and exciting ways. So many times that open door requires a little bit of us getting out of our comfort zone. Taking a risk, doing something that we're not quite sure about. But I'm telling you, God's blessing so often lives on the other side of some comfort zone that we've been afraid to cross. How good have you been? How long has it been since you really pushed kind of one of those comfort zones to do something for him? Pursue some open door. Maybe just spend some time this week asking yourself those questions that question. God, am I looking for your opportunities? God, how long has it really been since I pushed some comfort zone, some place that you kind of pushed and prodded, and it took just a little bit of faith for me to take the next step? Or how about this challenge directly from our story, and you got to be really sure that this is what God is calling you to do, but uh, it can be there. Is God calling you to be the donkey in somebody's life? Somebody whose direction, their, their life is going someplace, and you know it's destruction. You know it's not where God wants them to be leading, heading towards. Is God calling you just to be a stubborn roadblock in their way? If he is... Don't be surprised if they act a lot like Balaam towards you. They get mad and frustrated, kick and yell. Because we don't like roadblocks, especially when we're so focused on that next thing, so focused on uh, where we think life is going. But sometimes, sometimes you need to get in the way because you love someone so much. Or lastly, 
Maybe you're feeling the sting of a brick wall right now. You are heads down, moving forward, moving forward, thinking about what's next, thinking about that career or that family or whatever was before you and you're going and going and you hit something. Life is just different. Circumstances are different and you're, you're still feeling the sting, honestly. You're still kind of angry. You're still upset. You're still, you have all of those questions that are so natural. Why? Why me? Why like this? My challenge for you this week to go back to the story and to, to read it again. Maybe read it a couple more times. But at least one of those times, read it with this lens. The Balaam really only has two actions in the story. When the situation comes, when the brick wall hits, he can beat the donkey, he can be mad and angry and upset and frustrated with the world, or he can ask God to open his eyes. Ask God to just clear his vision, to see through the pain, see through what he didn't see before. Because hear me, God is always trying to teach us something. In the good times, in the bad times, in the regular times, God always has a lesson for us to learn that's going to help us down the path, that's going to help us uh, uh, be more faithful to who he is calling us to be. If we took a poll of Christians the world over throughout history, and we asked them, what is the, the, single most, uh, the single greatest time where you grew in your faith? You would be shocked at how many times people turned around and they pointed to the most painful time in their life. Because, because it's a time they stopped long enough to ask the question, what is God trying to teach you? What's God trying to teach me now? That's a powerful question. It's a question we should be asking every single day. Sometimes we get a really clear answer. Sometimes it's just God forming our heart into who he wants us to be. The best way God can do that is by us waking up every day and asking God, what are you teaching me right Let's pray about that today as Daniel comes and prepares to close us in a song. God, we, we opened up your word and we saw how far you were willing to go to stop Balaam from a path towards destruction. And God, right now we're thinking about our own lives, past and present. And we're thinking about how many times, as strange as some of the parts of the story feel and seem, how many times we acted just like Balaam did. So focused. So focused on what was next. So focused on what we wanted that was down the road somewhere. 
and we missed all the signs. And we just used everything we could to move forward, even though it was towards our own destruction. God, right now, I'm asking you to open my eyes. I'm asking you to open everyone in this room's eyes to what you have to teach us, to form us right now. What open doors are before us? What opportunities are you calling us to take maybe a small step forward? Maybe you're calling some of us to take some great big step, God. Pray, God, that we're obedient and those doors come crashing in on us and it hurts and it's painful. God, we thank you for the miracle that you love us enough to get in our way. God, we thank you for the exciting way you call us to live out our faith in daily asking us to look for those moments, those opportunities to pray that we have a heart that is open to see those doors you open for us. In your name we pray. Amen.